Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we're on page 77, the second paragraph, which is the last paragraph, which starts under no condition, and we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with it's water over the dam. Today's readers are... The 12 Steps, Sima M, 12 Traditions, Rocky I, and our readers are Karen T, Mary H, and Jody EQ, and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The reference number for Tuesday, August 1st, for the 10 a.m. meeting is 10228-10228, and the reference code for this morning's meeting at 7 a.m. Wednesday, August 2nd, 7 a.m., is 10228. Our preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sima M. to read the 12 steps. Sima? Star one, Sima. Good morning. This is there Sima. we go. Good morning, System M from New Jersey, grateful compulsive overeater living in recovery today. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for asking me to be of service, and I pass. Thank you, Sima. And I will now ask Rocky I to read the 12 traditions. Rocky. Hello, good morning. This is Rocky. Can I be heard? Yes, Rocky. Thanks. Okay, great. So 
rapid recovery in Tempe, Arizona. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA mem- membership is to desire, is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be an autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but prime, one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige diverge from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting the kind in outside contributions. Eight, OA should never remain forever non-professional, but service centers might employ special workers. Nine, OA as such and never be organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OA has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name and never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public our public relationship relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for me letting me be of service. Thank you, Rocky I. How our meeting works, and if, if you're unmuted, please mute and we'll keep the line quiet. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. And if you exceed your three minutes, I'll give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 77. It's the second paragraph, which is the last paragraph, which starts under no condition. We'll read that paragraph and the next paragraph on the top of 78. So we'll read two paragraphs, and it will end with it's water over the dam. And I will ask Karen T. to begin reading. Karen. Hi, Sylvie. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Great. Hi, I'm Karen, a recovered compulsive reader from Louisiana. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the path. We are there to sleep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. 
we stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. I looked up the idiom water over the dam. And um, it's a phrase, uh, you know, a, a phrase special to English. And it says, something that happened in the past and no longer affects the present to a degree that is worth worrying about. So what this is saying is no matter what, how the person takes our amends, we do not have to worry about it. That's in the past, and it's not worth worrying about. It's water over the dam. We have the dam, the dam is holding, and other stuff can just spill over it without consequence because we have the dam in place. So I thought that was interesting, no matter what they do. I had a problem in high school, and I did something against the law, and I went back to the principal of the school, and I said, it was me, I confessed, it was me, and I'm so sorry, the police had to get involved, blah, 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 blah. And the principal said, I do not remember what you're talking about, Karen. He had no recollection of it whatsoever. So that was one reaction I got, and that's just water over the dam. And my ego wanted to get in there. What do you mean you don't remember this? It was just water over the dam. It doesn't matter. I had done my amends, and whatever reaction we get is water over the dam. The other part is that we have to be calm, frank, and open. That was in the paragraph before. I cannot be calm, frank, and open when making amends if I am still resentful towards the person. So I really need to do steps six and seven and eight and become entirely ready to make the amends. And part of that entirely ready for me anyway is getting rid of the resentment. I have to get rid of resentment so I can be calm, frank, and open. Otherwise, my resentment can ooze out in my body language or in the tone of my voice. And um, that's re-harming the other person. So really getting to a place where I can be calm, frank, and open, sorry for my part, and go in there with an open heart. So thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you very much for your service. Now uh, we'll take a... um about six re- six uh, people who want to share. I'll start in there. Laura W. Laura W. Carrie, Carrie S. Carrie S. Ginger C. Ginger C. Uh, this is Carrie B. I have a question when that comes to that point. Okay. It'll be at the end of the hour, which will be at 10 of, 10 of the hour, Carrie. Okay. So thank you. Okay. Sorry, who H. else wants to share? Terry H. Yes. Okay. I could take two more. Do I have one or two more? Okay. Well, we'll stop there. Laura W., Carrie F., Ginger C., and Terry. Laura, let's start with you. 
Thanks, Sylvia. Good morning, everyone. It's Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in South Jersey. It's, uh, gosh, this grade two paragraph. Simply, we tell them that we will never get over drinking unless we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. Um, There's a lot of musts and there are a lot of nevers in the first 164 pages, and this is a warning. This is a warning to me that if I do not clear up my side of the street, um, I will not get well. And this whole process is about changing who I once was into who God wants me to be now. And I heard this morning somebody share about, you know, this is not about forgiveness. This is about change. And that really hit home for me, you know. Um, This is like, that's what amend means. Amend something means to change. And if I keep repeating the same behaviors over and over and just keep saying I'm sorry, that's just, in my opinion, pointless for me to do. You know, um, and also I have to be very careful to remember that self-satisfaction, which sometimes comes from making amends, you know, of speaking to somebody that I've harmed, is not my objective here. It's not my goal. Um, I need to become willing to make amends knowing that, you know, at this point I have to know that by doing this, um, I'm going to be healed and I'm going to be of maximum service to God and my fellows and be able to move forward knowing a little bit more and desiring even more God's will for me. And um, I'm grateful for, for the reminder of this and, and the fact to as I live in 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, when an amend is necessary, which it is, you know, when these things crop up, I make these amends clearly and and um immediately and hopefully not repeat this this behavior but again i just uh, this is all about becoming who the person god intended me to be so thanks for letting me share i pass thank you laura we have carrie s and then ginger c carrie hi thank you sylvia for your service this is carrie s gratefully recovered in colorado and what jumps out at me today is the the idea of change. This um, and in the spiritual appendix in the back, the spiritual experience on appendix two, where it says God consciousness followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. And and I like that idea where for me my experience was I was um, doing some senior care um, in a private home, and. I had this was a couple years back and I had an episode where I went around and just was eating and eating and eating and I talked to my sponsor later that night and I said I love this job I love the this family I'm not going to be able to keep doing this job if if I'm in their food and my sponsor talked to me and she was like well let's you need let's amend this okay this is you know my suggestion is write down every item that you ate you're going to sit with the, the owner of the home you're going to tell them why this is not, you're not able to continue on this path. And it was so challenging. I had such, um, you know, it was, it was hard, you know, but she was so gracious and rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. I, you know, I was calm, I was frank, I was open and I was so gratified with the results. And so I have all these experiences thanks to these steps um, that I, that helped me recover. And I just want to share one last thing. I heard from this brilliant speaker this past weekend at Fellowship of the Spirit. She said, if you're in a face-to-face meeting and you hear somebody quote the big book, go up to them after the meeting and thank them and do your part to share this, the directions in this book. 
Thank you so much. Got to pass. Thank you, Carrie S. Ginger C. Followed by Terry H. Hi. Good morning. Thanks so much, Sylvia, for your service, and hi to everyone on the line. Um, Ginger C. Recovered in Colorado. And I just love this part of the book because I really got tripped up in it going through my 12 steps. Um, so the last sentence, you know, it says we've made our demonstration, we've done our part, now it's water over the dam. And, you know, the gift in the earlier part of the sentence in that paragraph says, nine times out of ten, the unexpected happens, thank you, God. Because truly most of my amends were amazing, especially the one around my mother. But I had one amends that did not go the way that I thought it should go. You know, I had a sister, and she still to this day will not accept my amends. And I really got tripped up around this. I needed to complete all of my amends. And so thank goodness for sponsorship, you know, our guides, because my sponsor was so clear that we have to let go of the outcomes. I don't know how it's supposed to go. But I have to rely on infinite God that knows all this power that I lack. You know, and I was so grateful again for the guidance because I really at one point I was like, well, she won't accept my amends, that's fine, but I'm going to send her a letter because I need to complete this, don't you know? If I don't, I very well may eat again and I can't afford another bite in my mouth. And I'm so grateful I didn't send that letter because that's harmful. She made it very clear she was not going to accept my amends and she may not have been ready. And how selfish and self-centered of me to push my will because Ginger's got to have it Ginger's way. Isn't that the, the, isn't that the core of all my problems? So again, so, so important to have guidance as we go through this because the last thing we want to do is create any more harm. There's been plenty of harm done. And as an addict, I lie, I cheat, I steal, I want my way. So it's sort of funny we're in this paragraph because I actually just did an amazing, amazing 10 step around this very issue. This sister was still yanking my chains, you know, and I love that we have clear-cut directions. When I'm bothered, I pick up the phone and first go to God, of course, but then I pick up the phone if I have to talk about it and work through it. Not always, but boy, when I'm not getting released over a matter, i got to talk to someone about it. And they help me to see where I'm stuck and to see my truth. And I was so selfish around this sister. And now today I have a freedom and a shift in my heart. My heart's actually open to her. And it's been pretty tight. So, so important to stay in this work. Because again, this disease wants me each and every day. I know I'm just an elbow away from bending to picking up. And I prayed that I never have to experience the pain of eating again. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger C. Terry. Terry, I think it's Terry H. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Grateful, very grateful today. It's a beautiful day. Um, the amends process. I was so grateful the way my sponsor um, walk me through this process. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I never stayed around long enough anywhere to uh, make amends to anyone. I just ran away. And, um, you know, I really, um, to get to this part 
in my recovery, in my program, I definitely had to complete steps one through eight, wholeheartedly, 100% all in. And, um, you know, I really had a sincere desire to set the wrongs that I made throughout my life correct. And, um, and there are a lot of things that, um, you know, people had done to me as well. But, you know, at that time in my recovery, my focus was to clean my side of the street, clear it up. And if I was to be of maximum service, you know, this was part of my recovery and my connection with God to be maximum service of God with God. And so I was so grateful for the structure that my sponsor um, laid out for me in making my amends to other people and throughout my recovery. I definitely, um, if I was talking to her in a mirror, it would have went very smoothly and, you know, very calmly. However, you know, these are other people in other lives with feelings. And um, all of them didn't go as smoothly as I thought when I was practicing in the mirror. But I was just very grateful for the opportunity to be there, to do my work, to do it with a sincere and honest heart. You know, those people closest to me were the most difficult. And each day I try to work my program to be a living amends um, to those people in my lives that that are close to me. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity as well. Just to be alive, to be present, to show up, to work my program, um, to expand my connection and the gap with my higher power, you know, and just being being available um, is huge for me today. And, you know, no longer, you know, fear and shame no longer control my life. You know, fear and shame um, helped me run away. And love and strength and courage and trust helps me to be still, be present, and um, continue to participate um, in in life today. And with that, I'm very grateful. Um, thanks, I pass. Thank you, Terry. I'm going to take another list of readers, but first we're going to pause right here for a very important announcement from Kathy Jo P. Kathy, can you unmute? Hello, this is Kathy Jo. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, people, we are indeed hosting a convention this year, Just the Way a Vision for You Likes It. The Power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship, September 15 through 17, 2017, at the Liberty International Airport Marriott Hotel and Convention Center. Have you registered to save your seat? Don't gamble on it. The Marriott is full, but we have the Renaissance Hotel available and only a mile away with a shuttle running at all hours. The deadline is fast approaching on August 24th. All details and registration for both the convention and the hotel are found on website at avisionforyou.info. Now, back to this compelling big book study and sharing. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you, Kathy Joe. Now let's get back to generating a list for who wants to share on this. Names? Penny Shannon LC. Okay, I've got Penny. I think Penny LC and I everybody else was a pile on. Shannon S. Shannon S. 
Sima M. Sima M. Shawnee B. Shawnee B. Sherry K B. Sherry K B. Gina R. Jody E Q. Uh, Gina R. And Jody E Q. And that'll probably be great for for this list. Okay, so we've got Penny L C. Shannon S. Uh, Sima M, Shawnee B, Sherry KB, Gina R, and Jody EQ. Boy, we were all so beautifully arranged there. Penny LC, let's go ahead. Good morning, Sylvia, and good morning to everyone. This is Penny LC, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And I felt uh, compelled to just uh, share this little section of my big book has all kinds of writing in the margins. Um, My sponsor gave me some extra guidance that I think is worth sharing. Um, Just to um, mention that, you know, when I'm making my amends, um, I'm, I'm making the amends, but it's without an excuse. You know, this is not my opportunity to justify my behavior. Um, I'm to show up and own my own stuff. Um, And then suggestions of of the process was to come from a neutral place. Um, And it doesn't need to take a day, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, And I get to name the harm, not just embellish, um, you know, that I'm sorry. That's not the point. It's naming my harm that I've done. And uh, how can I set the wrong right? Asking for their input. And, um, and then pledging to do it if there is something that can be done. And also um, asking if I've left anything out. You know, allowing that person to give me some feedback and trusting that whatever they say, um, that uh, I will be able to hear it and process it and manage it the way God would have me do that. And then, you know, to ask God um, if there is a next step, what that is, you know, to to be able to um, set my pride aside and just be humbled in that moment and to bring my higher power into it. Um, you know, and then be able to just let go of it. Let go and let God fill me with that sense of release and uh, and feel the gratitude for having walked the path. And that was all I wanted to share. Hope everyone has a great day. Take care. Thank you, Penny Elsie. We have Shannon S. followed by Sima M. Shannon? Star one. Shannon, we can't hear you yet. Star one. Hello, this is Shannon. Can I be heard now? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. I thought I was unmuted. Um, good morning, Sylvia and everybody. Um, this is Shannon S. Recovered. I'm just outside of Buffalo, New York. Thank you, everybody, for your service and for the past shares. Um, I related so much to what has been shared so far. And um, the two questions um, that my sponsor encouraged me to ask that were so scary for me 
were, um, have I left anything out and how can I make it up to you? And um, I remember saying to my sponsor, well, well, what if, um, you know, they, they say something, you can make it up to me this way and what if I don't want to do it and, and what if it's, you know, terrible, awful. And, um, and again, I was brought back to the place of it's not about you and, um, and allow God to control this. Don't, don't buck your heels and, and start wanting to control again. And, um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful process. Um, and I love, too, that, you know, our, our part here is to do our part, to clean up our side of the street. And um, if, if people choose not to accept our amends, that is, that's not our problem. We've done our part, and we can have that clear conscience. We can be unblocked from our higher power. And, um, you know, I heard just a little bit earlier, is like sometimes people aren't ready. You know, how long was I not ready to address my food addiction and no matter what people said or did I, I was not ready and so again trust in God that he is controlling this um, and sponsorship is I mean so critical throughout the entire process um, and my sponsor was was so so helpful um, writing me a men's script was invaluable at first I thought I don't need a script I can do this again self-will um, and writing those scripts was huge because I needed to recognize my wrong. Also, um, my people pleasing kicked up and my sense of over responsibility. And there were some people that I felt like I had wronged and that I owed amends. And my sponsor was able to point me to the fact of what real harm have you done? Um, and again, I just love these steps, but they're not a once and done. You know, I'm constantly working these steps all day every day and currently I have a situation with a very old friend that um, she has a perceived wrong and um, she came across very uh, manipulative um, and, and very very inappropriate to me uh, about that and immediately my, my first instinct is oh my goodness I have to fix it I have to make it right um, I have to do this I have to do that and then you know with talking with some other recovered fellows, I realized that I have not done any harm. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't and won't um, recognize her feelings and acknowledge that, but it's very important that I don't say God and that I don't try to fix something that I haven't broken. Um, so both sides of the coin, I have to clean up my mess, but not every mess is mine to clean up. And that's uh, one amazing thing that this program is continuing to teach me. So thank you, everybody, and I pass. Thank you, Shannon S. Sima M., followed by Shawnee B. Hi, this is Sima M., Grateful Compulsive Overeater Living in Recovery today. Thank you, uh, everyone, for sharing. I've gotten so much out of it. This is um, this part of uh, the steps in these uh, amends is something that, when it comes to close family members where there were complicated, uh, I don't even know, unhealthy interactions that have been going on for 30, 40 years, and it's hard to unravel uh, sometimes. And uh, I appreciate what people have said, that sometimes it's not my part 
and sometimes it is the other person's part, and I have constantly have to stay in communication with my higher power on a daily basis in the relationship I'm in with my husband because um, from day to day it changes. His mood changes. The way he reacts to me changes. And then I start to wonder, is it me or is it just something that uh, he's not ready to change the way we interact with each other? And even though I change my part, doesn't mean he's going to change his part. So uh, I'm grateful for the continuing, ongoing study of this process and that every day is a new day and every day God uh, gives me new messages and new ways to correct my behavior and new ways to accept the behavior that I cannot change. And uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share, and thank you to everyone for your service. Thank you, Sina M. Shawnee B., followed by Sherry K.B. Hi, Shawnee B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Um, I'm in the car. If I'm not clear, please let me know, and I'll pass. Um, but I, I really am so grateful for everybody on the line today. I'm grateful that we're up to um, this, this step in the big book. Um, I have I had some um, one or two two amends that were left on my eighth step list that I hadn't yet taken care of. And um, I kept on saying that it's not convenient. It's a two-hour trip away, and I'm going to I'm going to do it when I'm back in that area. And when we read, you know, I, I've been feeling um, a while about this, that, you know what, it's never going to be a convenient time. When, when are making amends actually convenient? And we were reading the other day that um, I told myself I'd be willing to go at any, to any length. So what is a two-hour car trip? That is not a hindrance to any length. I mean, and um, I'm actually on my way there now. I'm in the car. I'm on the way um, to, to make these last two amends that came up on my eight-step list. Um, and I, I really appreciate everybody's, um, everybody's messages today and, and strength and guidance. And, um, you know, there, there is some fear involved every time I make an amends. And um, what I get out of it is just so infinitely great that I could never imagine. So um, I'm taking my higher power along with me because he's wherever I go. And you know what? My, my, my God is the highest power that there is, so what a blessing for me to have that with me when I'm doing something that I need power, because if it was up to me and myself, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be facing my past, and I wouldn't be um, righting wrongs that I've done, but what a great blessing to be able to do this and be free of the things that have been blocking me um, from complete serenity, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Shawnee B. Sherry KB, followed by Gina R. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service and everyone on the line. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in here about, um, you know, uh, yesterday we read about how um, under no condition do we criticize. No, that was just, I meant before that. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret, and then we under no circumstances do we criticize such a person or argue with them. And then we have um, we our manner must be calm and frank and open. And um, so with that, um, going in, you know, having that, which is great instruction, I know that some of the amends that I made, um, I remember especially one with my husband, there were a lot of things that he had caused harm to me, and I had to really, because of step four, because of being freed of that, 
um, in step five, six, and seven, I was able to make an amends to him um, for judging him. Uh, that was one of the biggest things that I had to make an amends for in a continue living amends um, that I do. And, you know, there was so much more that he had done to me, but, you know, if I am still holding on a resentment, this, this amends doesn't work. And so what I noticed is just I felt my higher power with me when I made the amends to my husband. And then I had an amends I made to this friend who um, didn't accept my amends. Um, and this was um, quite a while ago. And I just remember, you know, reminding myself and my sponsor telling me at the time, uh, how free did I want to be? And so the interesting part is I've ran into her lots of times, and I can look at her in the eye um, and not avoid her. And I, I can feel her uncomfortableness around me, but that's not my problem um, because I did make an amends, and it is about changing my behavior. Um, also, with my sister, I had an issue with my sister, and actually she came to me to tell me everything that she didn't like, what I had done to her for years and years and years. And what I did is, you know what, I stayed quiet, I listened to what she said. I didn't criticize. I didn't comment. Um, she said, Would, do you want to say something? And I said, no, I'd like to get back to you. And, you know, I prayed on it for quite a while. And when I did go back, you know what I told her? I said, I'm sorry I wasn't the sister you wanted me to be. And I will try better in the future. And that blew my mind because that is not something <laughs> I would have done in the past. And I know it was all my higher power leading me to do these things and to clean up my side, not criticize one bit, not um, hold on to the resentment of whatever they did because, you know what, I want to be free. And I felt so much better, and I did feel very connected to my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Gina R., followed by Jody EQ. Um, good morning, Sylvia and everybody on the line. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado, heading to Arizona. Um, my comments this morning are going to be centered around mostly the in the role of sponsorship, and I will be putting my number out at the end of the meeting to ask for calls on this, because I do need um, some help from my fellows. But... Um, because I haven't had um, the kind of experience that many have had as far as being a recovered sponsor um, with this and knowing some of the telltale signs, I feel like my, my, the intuitive thoughts I'm getting from my higher power regarding a sponsee's resistance to making a particular amend um, are on point. Um, but what I'm seeing is a shift, at least in myself, as I'm noticing the resistance in somebody else to doing this. And what I'm also recognizing is even though I am certain um, that this would be beneficial for them to move forward, I'm also sensing that the timing may not be right. And if she truly is not prepared to um, make this amend with a, a, a clear conscience and an open heart and fully having resolved the resentment she has toward this person, it could create more harm. And so I'm just so grateful for hearing 
um, other people's specific experiences where they've gone well, where they haven't gone so well, and um, just having this open to us every day where we can come and um, know that we don't have to figure it all out. And that is a character defect that God continues to refine in me. I don't have to be the one to figure this all out. And um, But anyway, I appreciate the opportunity to share, and I will leave my name and number later. Thank you. Thank you, Gina R. Jody EQ. Thank you, Sylvia and everyone, for this wonderful meeting. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in Arizona. So I love this last part. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. So if I'm not feeling calm going into an amends, I need to try to get myself there somehow through prayer, meditation, speaking with my sponsor, other recovered people, whatever it takes, so that I can go into the amends in a calm way. Uh, For myself, I need to be in a place of humility. Could be that I'm, you know, I'm very upset about something I've done and I and I'm not comfortable when I've done something wrong and I'm afraid that people aren't going to like me. I'm quite the people pleaser, so I don't like it when I think that somebody doesn't like me. And getting to a place of calmness in that case can be difficult for me. So I have to pray for humility and humbly ask God to take away that that extreme uh, codependency that I have. I want everybody to like me. And that's simply not always going to be the case, especially if I've done some harm. But before I can make my amends, I need to pause and ask God to take away that fear that they may not like me and go into the process humbly. I I may have done a harm. Yes, I've done a harm. But that does not mean I am worthless and uh, not worthy of any respect whatsoever. And again, also, I have to let go of the results. They may not accept my apology. My apology. They may not forgive me. But they may not like me from here on out. And I have to be okay with that somehow. Perhaps I can pray for them. If, uh, if they do not forgive me and I'm, uh, that's upsetting me, I can pray for them ongoingly, and that tends to bring me uh, serenity. So that's my uh, contribution to this wonderful discussion. Thank you, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. I have time for probably two more uh, shares. Who would like to slip in here? Hi, Wendy. Hi, may I share, please? Or ask? In New Jersey? I've got Wendy, I heard. And uh, I'll take a list of names and we'll just uh, see who we, how many we get to. So Wendy and Laura S. Yeah, good morning. Wendy M. in Colorado. Thanks, Wendy. And then Deborah. And we'll see if we have other time for anybody after that. Go ahead, Wendy. Sure. I'm so grateful for the shares today. They're phenomenal. 
and uh, Sylvia, thank you for your your um, service today. So yeah, I want to be liked too. And um, one thing I really, really needed to look at when I was making my amends was my motive. And like I knew it was about my side of the street. Um, but it was also and could be, how do I feel? Like, does this amends make me feel better? Um, was I self-seeking? And if I felt great, then the amends went really well. Um, so I have to look at this is not about me feeling better. This is about me owning my behavior and making a sincere attempt to make that amends. And I, you know, it's been repeated today, but amends means change. And I can say I'm sorry till I'm blue in the face. And at least I know now that when I'm saying I'm sorry to somebody, um, that it's suspect. And that what I really need to look at is how would I change my behavior? Because it's not what I'm saying to people, because my whole life was what I said to people. I'll just say this and they'll like me. I'll just say this and it'll be over. I'll just say this, you know, and that just wasn't, um, it's not about that. It's my behavior. It's what I do. It's how I act. It's how I treat people. And that's really, for me, the amends. The other thing I heard, a couple things, was don't delay. Don't delay. It doesn't matter. I can think of so many reasons not to pick up that phone and send that letter or meet them in person. Um, I can think of so many reasons. And I something that was very helpful was don't delay. Don't delay. Um, make the amends. And um, so that was, all of those things were, were very, very helpful. Um, and yeah, I just want to say too that it was a transformative experience. Um, it was transformative and it didn't matter what other people, like the, the results as people have said. Um, but it's a spiritual experience to make an amends. And the one that really freed me up was going to my father's grave and reading the letter and just weeping and weeping. And it was, oh, thank you, God. You know, thank you, God. What an experience that I have a program that tells me how to do this. That was the other thing. I was given like six lines. Okay, these are the six points we make. And that was really helpful because it meant I didn't have to go on for hours with somebody about how sorry I was. It went straight to, you know, exactly the points you make. I regret it. It was inappropriate. It was inconsiderate. You go right to the point. It's not about my emotions. And it's not about me creating some, you know, conversation with somebody. So eventually they'll like me at the end of the conversation. It was just right to the point. What was my behavior? What, how did I harm them? And what's the restitution? And um, yeah, it was brilliant. So thanks for letting me share it. Hey, thank you, Wendy. And Devorah. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Devorah S. in New Jersey, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, and thank everyone on the line that makes this possible. And, you know, getting to this step, you know, you think by now I shouldn't have any fear because, after all, I did, I did, I, I wrote down my, uh, I did my writing and my sponsor heard it and I asked God to remove these fears and I did the fear turnaround, but yet still there was, there was fear there. And, um, what for me, I needed really to sit in meditation and prayer. Um, and, um, 
to know that I wasn't going to go in alone and that God is here with me throughout this, throughout these amends. And, um, and, you know, I did have, you know, I sat with my sponsor and we wrote out, I wrote out a script that she looked at it and she, you know, uh, you know, uh, made, you know, a little tweaked it here and there. And I needed to remember as well when I was writing this, that it is not about me. It's not like a shopping list. I'm just going to try to get everything in that list and, and make sure I go shopping and, and, and pick it up. It's not just a to-do list. This is, this is, you know, this is life and death. This is something I need to do in order to stay, um, to, to stay in, in recovery and that I don't go back to eating. So this was something very serious and I had to take time and effort and another person with me, my sponsor to, to help me and guide me through this. It wasn't just, you know, a flippant, a flippant errand that I was doing. Um, and, you know, and, and that made it much more meaningful. Um, um, and uh, really grateful because the truth is today when I do make amends, I don't do a flippant apology. You know, I say I was wrong. I, I, I say the behavior that I did and I apologize um, for doing any harm. And, and, and that's, that's, that's a real apology, not to just fluff things over. Um, and uh, really grateful for the directions. And, you know, if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. And that is for sure in everything that I undertake today. You know, I need to stay calm and frank and open and accepting and patient. I'll add a few of my own. And, um, and when I do that, you know, it's limitless. You know, the sky's the limit. Um, because, um, because then I could feel God's presence next to me. And, um, and he could show me where I need to be and what I need to do. And, um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to uh, Team Wednesday. And um, we're gonna, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And please stick around for after that. We'll greet newcomers and um, sponsors. But will reader, uh, will uh, Mary H. please read a, re- a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I sure will. As I get to that page, I was intently listening to everybody. Sorry, 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.